0: Sign up for Score North's Pick Your Prize. You can register daily through the Score North app or go to scorenorth.com keyword prize. Sweepstakes begins March 18th. Special thanks to our prize partners. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's
1: fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. All right, we are back here on Purple Daily. Zolgad enters the mix. ESPN's Courtney Cronin as well, talking about the return of Anthony Barr to Minnesota as he spurns the New York Jets. Let's go to Zach here on the line. What's up, Zach? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. So for me, I know that we've broken down all the logistical aspects about what this means for contracts and all those things. And while there's been some good points brought up, the thing that I am most worried about is if we lose Everson Griffin, in my opinion, we're losing the biggest leader on the team. We saw last year how much the it factor matters, like Mike Zimmer said at the end of the year. So if we lose him, that's what I'm more concerned about than the money itself. I have my reservations about the offensive line, like most people. But that being said... I trust Spielman and I trust Ziggy Wolf. This isn't Terry Ryan and the poll ads or Glenn Taylor and David Kahn. So I do trust this organization. And while there's a lot of questions right now, I trust the direction that we're going. Well, thanks for the call, Zach. Appreciate you hanging on, buddy. Um. So, okay. His concern is the leadership aspect of it, and I would agree with that if they decide to move on from Everson Griffin, basically choosing Anthony Barr over Everson Griffin, which is kind of how this looks. Um, And last year, those five weeks that Griffin was gone, when Mike Zimmer talked about the team having a different type of mentality or a different uh, edge, lacking that edge... That was in part Everson Griffin being gone. I mean, I I think that he brings an intensity that people match around him, and it kind of raises the play of everybody else who is with Everson Griffin. And when he's at his best, he's one of the most dominant defensive ends in the league. So that's the other part of it, too. I think, though, at 31 years old, it kind of reminds me of the B-Rob move where you see the writing on the wall B. Rob not going to be as good or as effective, and even though he has that leadership part, they also need the cap space. This is the situation you end up being put in.
2: All right, I've got a question to backtrack on all of that, and it's simple, and it's something, Collar, that you've been touching on now for a month or so. Okay, Bar comes back. Let's say let's say they pick Bar over Griffin. So Griffin's gone, but you're going to pay Bar. To backtrack on what you've been talking about, though. Your point has been where are the points going to come from offensively? Yep. Because your whole point was are okay, Bar's going to be gone, Griffin's probably gone. Changes are coming to the defense because it's incumbent on the offense to improve itself because we're now in an era of a league where where you have to score x amount of points to be successful probably.
3: I just hit myself with my headphones. Okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> free agency frenzy bonanza. Out of control. Free agency frenzy bonanza. Officially out of control.
2: Sorry about that. So so, and, and this is just off the top here, because the bar story is breaking and still fluid. But is this the right play to uh, pick bar over Griffin, and in the Vikings' case, then spurn the offense. And potentially spurn the offense.
1: Well, and that's the other thing is that you might be picking Barr over Griffin, but also picking Barr over Jawan James, the right tackle, or picking him over Golden Tate for the number three wide receiver, or whatever else it might be. And, you know, it really seems like this team believes that Gary Kubiak is the answer to fixing what ailed them on offense. And, they continue to look other places than offensive line. Now, as we go into the draft, it is a very good draft, the offensive line. And I appreciate all the people sending in their draft simulations. I just, you guys are the best and just got one with Garrett Bradbury and Greg Little as being the first two picks, two offensive linemen who are good prospects. Uh, Another one sent in Andre Dillard as an offensive lineman. He's a tackle. I really like him from Washington. Uh, Extremely good athlete with another tight end in the second round. This, I think, takes the desperation to get an offensive lineman in the draft to the extreme because as I look at the free agent group right now remaining for offensive line, it's Roger Saffold's a good player, and Daryl Williams is a good player. He's a right tackle. Aside from that, though, I mean, there is not much to write home about for offensive linemen. Basically, you can bring back Tom Compton, and he'd be one of your better moves right now. And I, I don't think that makes people very happy to hear, but that's the truth. Is that Tom Tom Compton right now in the free agent market would be like the sixth best guy or somewhere up in the top Top five for best free agent, bang for your buck type of guys. That's not what you want to hear. So it really puts all of the emphasis now on the draft to fill these other needs. And the one that I just, it it really hurts my head to think about that has not been an emphasis of this team over the last two years really is that number 3 receiver. Laquan Treadwell is not going to become a great player magically. That that bus has gone away. What the I tried ship to say has yesterday. sailed. It's gone. But like, it's not going to happen.
2: But So my two points off of what we're seeing today with Barr agreeing to come back here. One is, to me, it speaks volumes more so than ever about the power structure there. About Zimmer's influence, about mm-hmm. the fact that clearly, clearly Barr was gone and and it had to be Mike who went into Rick's office last night, probably three glasses of wine in and said, sign him, just please bring him back. The other is I like the Kubiak hiring. And I think it's a good move. And I think personnel wise and I think scheme wise, he's going to be smart. But are we taking this from, you know what, that's a really good move. He's being paid a a lot, and he's going to make a substantial difference to work miracles. And I don't know where that line is drawn, Courtney, but it's just, if we're going down the path that we're going down, you are now banking on on the fact that Kubiak is your offensively free agent marquee guy, without a doubt, and, and possibly saying, make this work. Is that asking too much?
3: Well... Yes and no. I think that the scheme as Mike Zimmer said at the combine and Rick Spielman said too. I mean, there's something about coaching to be said with the offensive line. There's something about scheme that you can get the most out of your players. But if you're this this to me this whole this whole day and all the news that has come out the last few um last few hours they cannot use the excuse at 18 of, oh, well, so-and-so is 26 on our board. We're not going to take the 26 best player we have at 18 if it's an offensive lineman. Um, if that is their next offensive lineman, they have to go offensive line now in round one. Um, that, that to me, scheme, whatever you want to say about the offensive line, hires Gary Kubiak, whatever. Uh, this changes their philosophy of what they're going to do in the draft. At least it has to. It has to shape what you want to do at 18. And you can't just you know, use that excuse, which they've kind of used before it at multiple times. Oh, the player we wanted wasn't there at 30 last year. Well, there were several offensive linemen there at 30. And this, I mean, the way that the salary cap is structured and what you're talking about with the power structure within the front office and what Mike Zimmer has, I mean, this is a move that has Mike Zimmer's fingerprints all over it.
2: And because of that, it worries me a little bit. Based on this, this team, when it comes to players like Anthony Barr, Matthew, is ordinarily, as as both of you guys know, very well thought out. There's a plan in place we're going to sign. We ordinarily, or the, their plan in place ordinarily has the um, player earmarked to sign a year before his contract is up. We rarely, what, what's transpiring right now with the Vikings, we rarely see. This, to me, looks like the plan had been to allow Barr to walk. And now they've reversed course really late without much cap room, um, so it, it unless it can be proven otherwise, flies in the philosophy that this team ordinarily carries, which is we've identified these five guys and we're going to keep them and we're going to sign them early. This is like this last second hail mary that I don't know I trust completely.
1: And, and this is the the big question here is are we are we done? Or is there more that we have to talk about? Because like what you're saying, yeah, I mean, you're asking Gary Kubiak's system to work, to fix everything. And I'm not certain that it does that when you're talking about a defensive line in Green Bay that added two very good pass rushers today. When you're talking about a defense in Chicago that has two of the top maybe five defensive linemen in the NFL, if you count Khalil Mack as a defensive lineman. Is it even going to be good enough to handle Trey Flowers and Snacks Harrison in Detroit? I mean, are you going to be able to have any type of competitive offense consistently over a season without adding much more on the offensive side around Kirk Cousins? Because right now, as we compare Cousins' best season to what the Vikings have, the two receivers, check, check. Everything else, nope. Like the offensive line, nope. The dynamic two tight ends, nope. I mean... You are well short. The number three, the slot, pure slot receiver. Nope. I mean, you're well short of what he had when he was at his best. And I don't think spending this much money on a linebacker is putting your quarterback 84 million dollar quarterback in the best position to succeed and if the answer is well he's supposed to be an 84 million dollar quarterback he should raise the play of others well then you should have watched him play a little because he's never done that in his career he needs a lot of help around him to have a great year and right now they are in a spot that unless there are major changes which could happen trey waynes could get traded everson griffin could get cut Kyle Rudolph could get moved and they could sign Golden Tate tomorrow. I didn't expect Barr to come back. This could all happen. But if they stand pat with what they have right now and bring Nick Easton back and draft the guard, where are we expecting this offensive line to rank next year? Maybe 20th at best? 25th? Like, I I wouldn't put it anywhere near the top. So, you know, I, I think by doing this, they have maintained a defense that has been fantastic and probably will be again next year. But have they done enough to be a real contender on the offensive side around Kirk
3: Cousins? And I would have to say probably not. I don't think so. You need pieces around him, whether it's not just the offensive line, but you need another tight end. I mean, you really, you really probably should have said goodbye to Kyle Rudolph by now, because honestly, as we were talking about this morning at 7 a.m., Jared, Jared Cook's still out there. As as far as I know he has not been signed anywhere. You can find Kyle Rudolph's replacement in about 15 minutes and probably pay him less than what he's making and you can still draft a speedy athletic F tight end complement. So that's still out there. But you don't have a number 3 wide receiver. You don't right now the running back structure is still kind of up in the air whether, you know, we we really don't know whether Rock Thomas is going to be able to be part of that room <laughs> as gonna, it stands right Noma now at this point. I mean, well, I've been hearing that it actually might not be as bad. Oh, as is led on out there that he might be might be able to get around this somehow. But still, we it still was don't know. <laughs> Anyways, my um, dog smokes
2: all the time. It's very upset.
3: they do not have enough <laughs> offensive firepower to Correct. be contenders in the NFC North and in the entire NFL. And that to me is a problem. Yes, you can bring Anthony Barr back. And I think that's one thing I want to note about his contract that I just had confirmed was that the sack incentives that are up to 12 and 12, uh, 12 million dollars. So it's 70. What did I have it at? Like seventy nine point five million. That's what it could the contract could be. You are going to have him as a pass rusher. You don't pay that, somebody like that unless you have him replacing what Everson Griffin's doing. To me, this the writing is on the wall with Everson Griffin. Anthony Barr is finally going to be a pass rusher.
2: Is he? Because that's the key thing. That to, that and, to me, and, and money talks. And he has, so, Spiel, so Spielman, when Mike comes in last night saying, "I can't lose him. I can't lose him. I can't lose him," Rick has to say, "All right, we'll do this, but you are going to change." I've, Rick has to tell a very stubborn coach who really believes in his system, okay, I'll do it, but here's what you have to do. So you can't bring, because Barr's inconsistency, I believe, has been partially driven by the fact his usage doesn't always make complete sense. Now, that doesn't make him a bad player, but I would guess the response from um, Spielman and Brzezinski had to be, okay, Mike, we'll do it, but you've you've now got to use him in the correct manner all the time. This can't be, uh, I'm going to get cute and creative. Yeah,
3: I agree. That's Anthony not just Barr, a third-down blitz package guy. He's got to be doing this regularly. And,
2: and I, I think I could make a case. Anthony Barr is the only guy on that defense under Zimmer who you look on a consistent basis and say, I'm not sure that's always the smartest use of that player. A- everybody else, I think you're like, oh, that's, unbe- Hol- Hill, that's unbelievable. Holton Neal, that's unbelievable. Harrison Smith. But Anthony Barr has been the one guy who, and I think we've ragged on him for this, but it's not all his fault. That you've said to yourself, this guy should be rushing the quarterback and he's not consistently. So, Courtney, you've got to be right, which is they had to lay down the law with Mike because if now Mike comes back and gets creative again and bars dropping into coverage, you're going to say, Mike, no, 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 this is not going to work.
3: Well, I mean, we're not paying him for that. You don't want to ask about the game plan. Don't do that because that's just silly. <laughs> oh, and should. asking him about you know whether no. Barr's going to be more of a pass rusher. That. I'm not. am not salty. Yes, I just like to point that out. I just. I'm, um, I'm curious <laughs> at that press
2: conference though. At that press yeah. conference where yep. they announce he's coming back, I, I expect everyone to say Anthony. So you're going to rush the quarterback consistently now, right? Yeah.
3: I think he has to because of those figures alone. But this also is their contingency plan with Griffin. I think you can have Stephen Weatherly yeah. draft somebody else and also use Anthony Barr more in a role of what you'd probably see him doing as a 3-4 outside linebacker where he's lined up against offensive tackles and he's trying to get after the quarterback. I mean, we haven't seen him do this on a consistent basis really in Minnesota since 2015 where he got after the quarterback like a defensive end and was able to cover the back end like a safety. Since then, we've been judging him off the 2015 season alone and saying, yeah, well, every year it seems like he's regressed. It's not always his fault because a lot of times it's not been the job he's been tasked with doing now, to me, he has to.
1: Is there any chance that they go to like a 3 4 something this year? I mean, looking why at the Why would you personnel- not want to be
3: multiple? That's my thing. Like, especially in today's NFL, yeah, you can have your base defense, but why would you not try to change right. up your fronts and, and like be and multiple? No one has
1: four linebackers anymore yes. because everyone plays nickel all the time. But so, just yeah, sort of, right. uh, you know, thinking out loud here that. He wanted to go to the Jets to play that three, four outside linebacker position. Mm-hmm. If you look at the personnel they have now, of course Daniil Hunter would be still the edge rushing type of player, but you know, Linval Joseph in the middle, they lose Sheldon Richardson mm-hmm. and they bring back Shamar Stefan. I don't see anybody else to replace. Sheldon Richardson and what he brought to that. And Zimmer, one of the like Zimmer defensive lore stories is him switching from a 4 3 to a 3 4. I was just going to say that in Dallas. Yeah, when he was with Dallas. Exactly. So. Uh, Yeah, it just makes me wonder about whether Barr would be convinced because he's taking less money to come back, which is an unusual thing for a football player. And I don't think that he flew to New York and was like, nah, this city ain't for me. Like, uh, it's a pretty nice place. And he's from L.A. So you'd think that he would be attracted to New York and money. I, I wonder if there's just more to the story well, about it. Like this conversation about what is his role going to be. Hunter can has, stand up too, you know. That's right. Yeah, I mean, can. it has to be another part of a conversation. If I were them, I'd be thinking Linval can do anything. Yep. These two guys can stand up. Steven Weatherly is a unique talent who can play linebacker or defensive line. You have Kendricks. You have Eric Wilson, who's an intriguing player and did pretty well in a fill-in role. I I wonder if there's something else sort of working here. And then the safety situation, J. Ron Kurse. they got very creative with J. Ron Kurse last year, using him in the big nickel package. They could draft even another middle linebacker to throw into this if they wanted to. Harrison can do a ton. Harrison can move up into the box. I can see it. Yeah. I wonder if bringing him back went along with a conversation of, Look, Anthony, we know you want to rush the passer more. Here's what we're going to do on defense. People will never see it coming. Like, we're going to, we're going to make a big change here to the old Zimmer D and then, uh, you know, Is that what they call see it? where this goes. Well, I mean, last I could see year, it. It makes year, some sense, Matthew. He changed on the fly last year. And I I wouldn't be surprised if they change again. So feel free to give us a call. React to this Anthony Barr News 651-646-8255. What do you want to see next? Do you want to see the Vikings create cap space, Everson Griffin? Do you want them to maybe just draft offensive linemen and call it a day? What is your plan for the Vikings here going forward? A very exciting day with Anthony Barr spurning the Jets to return to the Minnesota Vikings. Zolgad, Courtney Cronin, Matthew Collar, Manny Hill Producing will continue Purple Daily when we come back here on Score North. Because the Vikings are on your mind.
3: All the time!
0: Not just during the season. Purple Daily feel like the rams are that far from the vikings like i don't feel like the gap on paper is so significant to where you go oh my goodness the vikings could never be that why not like aren't the vikings supposed to be that like if you go back a year ago with the investment in kirk cousins with all the pieces coming back feeling and Diggs, with all of the defensive pieces aren't they supposed to be the rams what am i missing purple daily
1: on score north Scorenorth.com. I don't know anything
0: about technology
1: hey it's easy to listen to score north on 1500 on your amazon alexa device just say alexa open score north
0: score north minnesota sports anytime anywhere it's
3: adapted from alien technology
1: back here on Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Courtney Cronin. Let's get some thoughts from listeners. Let's go to Paul. What's up, Paul? Hey, how's it going? Great show, guys. Thank you. Thank you very a, much. What's on your mind? I had, crazy, I had a crazy idea with this Anthony Barr contract. because it's just mind-blowing. What if, uh, I want to get your take on it, what if they used him um, as a hybrid linebacker, pass rusher? He, you can drop him back in coverage when we were in the nickel and then on, when we go to the dime and move him to the defensive end, I'll just get your thoughts on that. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. You like that idea, right? I love Courtney?
3: that idea. I think that that's why you're paying him twelve million dollars in incentives to get sacks. The guy who has 13 and a half sacks during his career in Minnesota, we know he can do it as a pass rusher. We know he's able to play off the edge. He's built like a defensive end. Harrison Smith said it himself. I love that comment in December when he's like, yeah, like he's built like a defensive end, mm-hmm. and he plays like a linebacker. I mean, there's there's so many things he can, you can do here with Anthony Barr and how versatile his skill set is. I love it. I think it's going to be great. I just had somebody point out to me um, when bringing up this idea that Take a look at what they've done with Trey Flowers. Take a look at what teams have done with Olivier Vernon. It's possible that it can happen, and I think that's a very good point.
1: And even last year, we saw him go from doing the double A gap blitz thing that teams seemed to figure out how to block and then moved him to his own blitzing type of thing. And that's the, the reason why Mike Zimmer wanted Anthony Barr back so badly is that you can do so many things with him. There are only a couple guys in the NFL who are six foot five, 255 pounds, run that fast, that can do multiple things. And I know that he is not the best cover linebacker. But after that L.A. game that went so wrong, which was not his fault... He allowed less than 100 yards into his coverage last year because Zimmer just changed how he was scheming things up so he wouldn't get one-on-one with wide receivers, and he was able to make up for that. And Barr, after that, aside from Week 17, had a very, very good season. So I think the versatility and the different things they can do with him are a huge part of why they wanted Anthony Barr to come back. Let's go to uh, Dan here on the show on Purple Daily. What's up,
0: Dan? Oh, not a lot. Uh, just sitting here listening to the show. I like the new format.
1: Appreciate that.
0: I Thank you. I think so far as uh, rushers go, and the bar to end, that the Vikings have some options on the uh, already on the roster. Obviously, Weatherly. They liked Bauer. Oh, uh, or uh, however you pronounce his name. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, Debo. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're close. And uh, I think there's, they were drafted for a reason. They're all one, two, three years in the league. Weatherly definitely looks like he can step up, and Bauer had some moments early in the season. Mm-hmm. I think that solves your edge rusher program that you with Barr that you don't have to draft somebody high. And I think we're going to get one of the premier offensive linemen at 18 in the draft because the defense is so heavily loaded in this draft and teams love edge rushers. There's going to be six or seven edge rushers that go before 18 and people are going to skimp on the, on the tackles and there's four or five of them that are rated first-round prospects and I think we'll get one.
1: Yeah, thanks for the call, Dan. Appreciate it.
0: You're I, welcome.
2: I think to Courtney's point, though, the key here with Barr is – I would hope that Zimmer went to Spielman with a very coherent plan of how he's going to put Barr in, in a position to succeed consistently. So the creativity is fine, but the creativity probably in, in the last few years at times was too much. There are ways that you can get with, with what Barr is going to be paid now. There are ways that you can get the most from him. And let's say instead of trying five to six different ways, there's probably three surefire ways. And, and I think part of the agreement with the Vikings now has to be, okay, those three ways are going to be how we're going to use him on a consistent basis.
1: Well, I think the key to Dan's phone call there is, uh, though he didn't say it directly, but Everson Griffin just Gone. has to not be on the team. Yeah. I mean, with, with as much money as, as it would cost with Everson Griffin, a restructure would help quite a bit here, but that's still going to leave him as a pretty expensive player. And it, it This is
3: just...
0: not
1: that tough, though, right?
3: To restructure
1: him? No, to cut him.
3: To cut him, no, like because I, you gain $10.5 million in cap space, which a, still is not, I mean, you still don't can't do anything but else. But he can't come
2: back now. No, and I mean,
3: now Now the writing's on the wall. If I did my pie chart this is before we saw these figures.
2: This is football. It can never be about, I liked that guy and three years ago, that guy was good. The, the 98 Vikings after that put themselves in salary cap hell because they rewarded guys for what they had done. This is one sport you can't do that. Yeah.
3: Well, they, they've done this recently. Like we were talking about, again, at 7 a.m. when you we were texting, about Chad Greenway in 2016, yep. rewarding older players based on what they did in the past. Why is Kyle Rudolph's cap hit $7.6 million this year? Because they constantly, they were rewarding him for the last deal he signed and constantly pushing that number up. Xavier Rhodes, same thing. Everson Griffin, same thing. These guys are 30 years old. That's old in terms of high market value and getting your next big deal. I think that you have to you know trim some of the areas of the roster despite your allegiance and loyalty and wanting to reward players who have been there and have been the staple of your team. Anthony Barr's 26 years old. That is the primated for a free agent nowadays. You have to pay those guys before you start considering paying the 30, 31 guys.
1: I wonder if we end up with all three guys that we've talked about not on the roster anymore by the end of tomorrow. I mean, this what is what a turn thing. of events that would yeah, be. Right. I mean, we've just gotten started. Like free agency so, doesn't officially so open Griffin,
2: until tomorrow. Rudolph
3: and and Trey Wayne and still. Trey Wayne. So I mean, you're so you're over the roads thing, by the way. I'm just gonna. I, well, I think you don't you're, think his trade value is nearly as high as Wayne's right now. The cap hit
1: is so high, and the play was not at the same level Correct. last year. Now, if they were moving a guy who was the elite premier shutdown corner that he was in 2017 I think that there would be 15 teams that made that phone call but when you're talking about somebody who has a 13 million dollar cap hit who comes along with some injuries recently and didn't play at the same level I still think that he's a really good corner even if he's not the top shutdown corner in the league but it just changes the formula a bit and so now you'd have to give you'd have to get somebody to basically just give you a sixth round pick or swap picks and you'd be just giving him away and you know I like a lot of these ideas I like trading away weigh-ins or trading away roads to add offensive players but then I always get to this point where I say yeah but is Zimmer really going to do it and I think that he would part ways with Everson Griffin because of the money situation or because they might not believe he's ever going to come back to how he played before he had one good game down the stretch after mm-hmm. he returned and that was it And it was against, I think, Detroit.
3: Yeah. And I mean, he was heating up early in the season. The first two games of the season, he looked good. But then again, I mean, he missed five games of the year with mental health issues. And when you're taking a look at this from an optics standpoint... It's probably not in the best interest of, I mean, for a lot of teams, they probably, you know, for the Vikings themselves, have to look at this and say, well, we don't want to look at the team that cut somebody when, you know, they needed us or something like that. I think that's something we're not talking about. I guess. I, I don't know if NFL fans care. I, I don't know. But I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing out just taking a look although, at this entire picture here.
2: Although the brutal n- nature of this business also could mean that they think if there's going to be any problems in the future, exactly. they would cut him now, yeah. based on sure. the fact that my contention has been forever that the one thing that teams hate distractions,
3: sure. or, or just and, that and they play consider is everything fall. right. Yeah, but they, I think that's the more realistic, right, that's they, the logical thing. But, but, but they, they
2: consider everything sure. to be a potential distraction. Now, now uh, to get back to Waynes and Rhodes, the one thing is if if Zimmer had the clout to bring back Bar, which clearly he did. I don't know that a cornerback is going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think it makes sense. I don't know. Now, Griffin, I think you could fairly say to Mike, okay, if we're going to bring Bar back, we have to do this. We have no choice. But if, if Mike is as powerful as he seems to be right now, Waynes or Rhodes, I like the idea. I don't know if you could get that through.
3: Well, I also don't think your cornerback depth is necessarily where you need it. You don't, as as we talked about earlier, you don't know what Xavier Rhodes is going to be able to do this year coming off the number of injuries he had last season. We don't know what Mike Hughes' timetable is. So that leaves you then with Trey Waynes, Mackenzie no. Alexander, and Holton Hill, who you assume is going to make that jump in year two, but you just don't know for sure. Um, I think your cornerback depth is. It's a little shaky right now. You just don't know. There's a lot up in the air, and unless you're going to draft a first-round corner, which I would imagine seeing a mushroom cloud over the, over Minneapolis and the entire <laughs> Twin Cities if that happens, um, I just don't think it's a great idea. I think it's a safe bet to cut Everson Griffin to move on from him, get your $10.5 million in cap space, very little dead money, and move on. Because truth be told, the way that this defense is structured, you're going to need that money for a guy like Anthony Barr. And, and just to get to one point of what our caller was saying... They do like what they have in Stephen Weatherly, albeit it is a small sample size. But if you're able to combine that kind of as a rotational position and, and maybe change up your scheme and what you're doing with your base front, um, you should be OK. They, you know, Tashaun Bauer hasn't come on necessarily the way that I think many expected him to and was at risk of getting cut during camp last year. So was Stephen Weatherly. But we saw what Weatherly did when he got the opportunity to step up, fill in for Everson Griffin. Maybe that happens with Bauer this year and they can have you know at least a three-person rotation at right defensive end. You're
1: listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. If you are just getting in the car and you have not looked at Twitter or anything today, Anthony Barr coming back to Minnesota after reports that he was going to go to the New York Jets, he decided to... Change things up and uh, come back here to Minnesota on a deal worth around thirteen and a half million dollars per year. Let's go to Chris in St. Paul. Go ahead, Chris. Hey guys. Hey guys. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Um, you know it, when we were you know scheduled to lose Bar, it was just, it's bad business to lose a twenty six year old playmaker for a thirty one year old Everson Griffin or an underperforming Riley Reef or a you know nearly thirty Kyle Rudolph. You know the one problem I have with. The Vikings right now in their salary structure is Kyle Rudolph. He cannot make seven point six million dollars. First off, we say everybody says we need to draft a tight end first, second round, whatever. You can't have that guy on the field making that much money if you don't believe in him as your third receiving option and threatening the middle of the field. It seems. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Chris. And we saw that last year from Kirk Cousins not believing in Kyle Rudolph the same way that. Case Keenum did, and that's another thing that we didn't really discuss throughout the year a lot. His usage was kind of pinned on John DiFilippo, but I think also him and Cousins weren't necessarily on the same page for the full season.
3: But I thought he was supposed to be the mattress. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know, but he wouldn't no? throw it to okay. him in the red zone. and, and there, I th- there were times <laughs> where I wondered if Rudolph was getting frustrated, and even Zimmer and Rudolph admitted to having a conversation before the Green Bay game. Late in the season, yeah. yeah. And then he had a bunch of catches, but didn't do it again aside from the Detroit game. And I do wonder about that relationship, how that would go forward, and whether he would see him as the same type of security blanket that Case Keenum did and, and Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford especially saw him as that. Um, and, and when we talk about his skill set, the, the price tag for him is a big deal because his skill set is the man is mammoth and catches everything. That's really valuable. He doesn't drop the football. Watch the AAF. Catching the football is not easy. the alliance. When you have... Darn it. But when you have a tight end who catches everything, that's valuable. But there are other players, especially in this draft, it's talked about as the deepest position in the draft by Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. And you do have to wonder if it comes down to it, if they needed to create some space to sign somebody else, an offensive lineman or a third receiver, Maybe they would. Maybe they would let him walk. There's- why? Why wouldn't you bring
2: that cap hit down,
1: though? That's something
2: I, I still don't get. But if, he if has that's to agree not, to it. If yeah. that's not done, but but he wants to stay here.
3: I think he wants a new call- deal.
2: Well, then- and that's
3: what they probably don't want to give because, as of you know, right now yep. he's a free agent after this year. So yep. I mean, that's- does he think he's
2: going to break the bank? Though he he wants to be here. More importantly, I believe his wife does. The leverage is the Vikings. So yeah. in this case, call his bluff. And see what he does. God bless him if he goes and signs with Jacksonville. Uh, The problem, though, I think, if he does come back here, the issue becomes this. Because this is the mistake I've seen made about Kyle for years now. Does Kubiak know what he has? Because I honestly believe the outsiders, and and Schirmer adjusted well here, but the outsiders who have come in to to run this offense have all looked at his size, and, and I think his tape, and been like, oh, I can turn him into Travis Kelsey. Or he can be sort of a Gronk junior. Mm-hmm. He's not capable.
3: No, he's he's not very fast. Right. So, and His average yards after the catch is like two. So, so I mean, so there's... can
2: Kubiak? So can Kubiak look at him and be like, okay, I can use him, but I know exactly what I have here, which is not any type of dominant tight end. It's a big basketball player body, but that's basically it's him. a
3: red zone threat, and sure. that that to me shows you that you need to go draft a tight end high. Yeah. You know, I know like what what our caller was saying, just bringing that point into the forefront. You cannot go and get these guys in the 4th and 5th round. They do not work. They do not pan out. This team has learned that far too many times. And this front office and the scouting staff knows that you're probably going to have to spend a 2nd round pick. I mean, you could probably get the guy from Michigan or the guy from Iowa somewhere there in the 2nd round. Maybe at 50. If you go O-line at 18, then you can come back at 50 and get an athletic compliment. That's what this is. Athleticism. They need somebody who can stretch the field. That vertical threat that they just have not had. And if it comes at the at the price of having a guy who's also a big-body tight end, why not? Okay,
1: the conversation here will continue all day on Score North coming up at 2 o'clock. We're going to have a roundtable for an hour. Chad Graf from The Athletic, Sam Ekstrom from Zone Coverage. Those guys are going to come in. We're going to continue to talk about this move with Anthony Barr coming back. My question for you guys for the final segment of Purple Daily before we transition to Score North Live is going to be whether this is it for the Vikings in terms of their signings. Even if they do create more cap space, will this be the biggest move, or is there another one coming? Let's discuss. When we come back, you are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North.
0: This feels right. Let's pursue this further. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime.
1: Anywhere. ScoreNorth.com. We are back on Purple Daily. Now, let us say, hypothetically, since nothing has happened uh, yet, in response to Anthony Barr coming back, let's say, hypothetically, the Vikings do create a big chunk of cap space by moving on from Everson Griffin or from trading Trey Wayans or releasing Kyle Rudolph. Those are the options that make the most sense with their salary caps. Let's just say that one of those things happens Where will they spend it? There are two offensive linemen remaining who are pretty good. Daryl Williams is a right tackle from Carolina. He was hurt last year, but in 2017, he was good. And Roger Saffold, who is a veteran on the older side, but was on the Super Bowl Rams and also good for a very long period of time. That would be option number one. You could go option number two and chase Golden Tate or another wide receiver. Option three would be if you're releasing Kyle Rudolph, you replace him with Jared Cook, who is a uh, a little bit quicker of a tight end. He certainly is not a great blocker, but you know maybe a little bit better of a vertical threat. What do you think they do if they create the space? Friends, Zolgad, Cronin.
3: So we're saying that we're already including Anthony Barr in this. Yeah. And so if they... Let's say they get to up and around. I don't know high twenties because I don't have. I'm not going to do the math right now. So let's say they, they make some of those moves, and even with uh, Barr in place, they have about twenty million to spend. I think that you can go out and sign a guard. I just don't foresee this happening with all with all the all the time that's not left, and the fact that when you do, you know, I'll just say right now they probably will cut Everson Griffin. I'll go ahead and project that. Um, that money goes to Anthony Barr. And what you're, what you need him to do next year. I just don't see them being as active outside of what they've done right now. You got to pay Nick Easton, which will probably come as a you know a lower you know maybe a three to four million dollar you know a year price tag. But I still don't think that they're going to be able to be as active as Vikings fans want them to be because Roger Saffold is going to cost quite a pretty penny. I mean, there's a reason right now. I think he hasn't been signed, and maybe because it's kind of been so quiet on the Vikings front that they've got something in the mix. Um, I just don't see that happening. Not after the news today.
2: I agree with Courtney. Um, Griffin has to be gone. There's just no choice there. So he's gone. And now I'm going to attempt to do a very dangerous thing and think like Rick thinks. Oh, Rick loves guys coming out of their first contract. Young guys, 26 bar, bar fits the description. I mean, that's how, that's how Zim could probably have convinced Rick to do this. Even though it wasn't necessarily in the plans at one time, which Rick likes to have plans. Um, is there any other guard on the board who we don't consider to be great who's young though because here here's the problem i like rick's philosophy on age of players but rick also is, has a tendency to try and outsmart himself at times and well, do and okay, do something yeah. and do something overly cute and we're like are you sure and sometimes it doesn't work
1: Okay, so there are a couple. Uh, I've just not really been high on them, but Matt Paradis is a center for Denver. He's 26 or 27? He's 29, okay. so he doesn't quite fit the description. But Denison, he's, he's did Denison, did he work with him? He would have, yeah. Rick Denison? Yeah, he's been in Denver. I, can, had,
3: I had a few this morning. Let me try to pull up that. He's plate. also an elite
1: player. I mean, we're at all going to think like Rick right He's now. A, the top Do five it. player at his position. He would be a game changer. If they yeah. were... See, okay. this is this is the thing that we can't decide how much we like the Anthony Barr move yet until we see other moves. Absolutely. Because if Griffin goes and they sign Matt Paradis, then everything changes here. And he's been rumored to the Jets, but <laughs> so was Anthony Barr. <laughs> so uh, he he's not signed yet. Saffold's not signed yet. The other guys that are sort of interesting here are um, uh, A.J. Can, who plays for Jacksonville. I don't think he's very good, but Quentin Spain is a pretty good guard for Tennessee, who's also a free agent, and he fits what you're talking about. He's only 27 years old. If we're talking about paying one of those guys, it's probably a pretty good chunk of change. Chance Warmack is also out there. He was a former top pick. He was a backup for Philly, which is kind of weird because he was a good starter for the then San Diego Chargers. So there are a couple of guys that you could decide to, to sign, but I mean, if they were going to make a move to move Griffin and bring in Matt Paradis, then that would be a game-changer.
3: Well, and also, A.J. can. I know that he's had some up and downs, but he has a lot of starting experience. He was with Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, he's 27. He fits that description of a—all they can really do at this point is get that lower-tier starter. Lower-tier, to 4000000 million dollar million-a-year guard who, good, not great, will get you in trouble sometimes, but will be an upgrade from Mike Remmers and Tom Compton, and— to your point, I mean, there's somebody else. Brian Whitman is still out there. I know we've been talking about oh, him. Witz? That's... Okay, now you've jumped the shark. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the type of guy that you could probably <laughs> right. get for anywhere in no. that three no. to four million dollar range. He was an NFL nope. starter, Matthew. Nope. He's okay. I'm, nope. I'm going to digress Paredes, here. No,
2: Brian Wittman. Paradis makes sense. Perfect yeah, sense. He does. Uh, but it, are
3: you moving outside the guard? Yes. I just want to know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. He's athletic I enough. Don't thi-
3: I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see
2: it. And if I can get a guy, and if I can get a center in here that that runs the kubiak Denison system and knows it really well, and I can transition Elf line to guard, and they're all pulling now, mm-hmm. it makes some sense. Because the center anchors the line, and if that guy knows my scheme inside out, that's a big help to guess who? He was number eight, yep. and he yep. might not be the most reliable human being on the face of the earth when it comes to his job. It makes sense. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, just I, I, I'm trying to play this out. The Vikings like to get cute. Yeah. And and they like to come up with this outside the box thinking, and sometimes it's like, okay, that's impressive, and sometimes it's like, what were you doing?
1: There are other possibilities for veterans who might come on the cheap on the offensive line. T.J. Lang, I know that's yeah, T.J. Lang, but I know that's what everyone wants to hear. What's T.J.
2: Lang's age now, though? He's
1: thirty 30- something. Hold on, I've got it here. He's 31. See, that falls outside of the Rick scope. Also,
2: But Roger
3: Saffold's 31, or he's going to be 31 No, I, no, this I know.
1: I, I don't think he's going to come here.
3: I know, but I mean, when you're taking a look at guys who could improve the play of your line, he is one of those, but you would be massively overpaying for him.
2: Absolutely, but they if they're going to overpay, I, I Always contend they're going to overpay a guy coming out of his first contract, or or, or yeah. as Collar said, like up to twenty nine. Maybe I don't see them
1: overpaying
2: a thirty plus year old player. And center, Not in this.
1: center is a position where someone could last longer. Sure. Someone like Matt Paradis, who's a top player at his position. And and that's where with Barr, when it's you know, the news comes down that he's coming back and it's well, okay, we've got to react to it right away and give whether we like it or not. And this reminds me of when they drafted Mike Hughes last year. Whether I like it or not kind of depends on what happens next. Mm-hmm. And what happened next was they got Brian O'Neill, who was a project type of offensive lineman. He ended up stepping in and playing pretty well, but not great. Shody has a lot of potential, though, so the pick is ending up maybe working out for them. And, and that's what we're going to end up with here is whether this works out to be a good move or not depends on a lot of other dominoes to fall. What position is he going to play? Is it going to be the same one that got him to four Pro Bowls? Is it going to be a change? And what other move comes after to create space potentially, or does it at all? And this is where we talked about at the very beginning was you could see a bit of a, I don't want to quite call it power struggle, but since you're here, Zolgad, I will. Just a struggle between, not a schism quite, I think struggle is the right way to put it, between How do you do everything you can to support the $84 million quarterback you paid for while also not making Mike Zimmer upset by letting really good players walk out of the building? And I tend to think with Zimmer, he should be able to scheme them into a good defense, and where they really need to improve is not being 19th in scoring. Like. That's the worst thing that they could have done last year has been 19th in scoring. If you're going to miss the playoffs, being in the bottom half is a great way to do it in scoring. Defense, the defenses were kind of all over the place for the league. And I think Zimmer's good enough play caller alone to have them be good. So if they ignore the offense and go into this draft hoping that they pick a guard who steps in and makes an immediate difference, if that's the plan, then I'm not sure that I love that plan. But if it means bringing in someone like Matt Paradis or Roger Saffold or somebody else to fix the offensive line or a number 3 receiver, something else to help Kirk Cousins, then I would say, okay, I think you went the the right way.
2: The only way that I will freak out is if they don't cut Griffin, and I don't understand, I really believe that Kyle's contract should be reworked. I'm not saying he has to be jettisoned, but if those two things aren't touched, then I'll freak out.
3: Yeah, I think it will... It has to happen. No, they I don't know. have the money. Like I mean, but that, as far as
2: as collar's point about we don't know, he's right no, on a lot yeah, of things. You, but there's really, things I know about. And if you don't do those two things, I don't get it.
3: And they have to boost the play around, they have to boost the personnel around Kirk Cousins. I mean, that to me, regardless of what happens, the rest of free agency, that's the draft included in that. You have to get better there. You have to have more than two receiving options. You have to have a backup for your running back who, you know, we know is healthy right now, but injury prone. Um, You have to have another tight end option. You have to do all these other things that can come either free agency or the draft. But if you don't do them, then this move looks like, well, we just overpaid for a linebacker that we probably shouldn't have. Hey, Courtney, what's uh, coming up next here on the stage? Coming up next, I think you have a roundtable with Chad Graff of The Athletic. And Sam Ekstrom of Zone Coverage on Score North Live with Matthew Collar from two to
1: four p.m. I was wondering if you were going to make up another guest like you did last week. Is that? Would you make you, up? You can.
3: <laughs> I thought Cheryl Reeve was coming. You're going to get Anthony Barr he like on weeks, here.
1: Weeks late. You <laughs> shouldn't like Abe Lincoln will be weighing in on the round table. You can do that every week if you want.
3: I think Anthony Barr is going to come on and tell you the full story of how this went down. Oh, I'm sure we'll I, we always should, get we the should, full
1: story as we always do. We should um, pump that up as reality. All right, we will be back. More Vikings talk with our triangular round table here on score
3: north this holiday whether you're making a baker's simple truth turkey for 40 or
0: a murray's baked brie for 2 baker's has fast fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last
3: baker's fresh for everyone free pickup on orders of $35 or more restrictions may apply
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More, Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Bakers. Fresh for everyone.